Welcome to the Official Jets Podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen alongside LeJay Doosable. Doos, how was your buy? What buy, man? I don't, I don't <laughs> get buy weeks, man. We work around here. I, I won't get a buy, like Baldy said, until probably February. Um, even though technically I didn't work Sunday for the first time, I started to work Friday and Saturday. So, um, But it was good to be able to sit back and actually watch you know, the NFL, watch other games because I do – work for CBS Sports too, so I, 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 it's a lot easier to catch up on games when you can actually watch games on Sunday and not just have to zero in on the Jets games. But a lot of exciting games this past weekend, man, a lot, a lot. It's got to start with the Jets' upcoming opponent, the yeah. New England Patriots. On an entertainment 1-10 to 10 scale, mm. Patriots-Cowboys was probably 11 and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was. And the thing is, the game was close, right, went to overtime, but a lot of self-inflicted wounds by the Cowboys. Like that game, and we talked about this on on the other show. Like the disparity in yardage was out of this world, right? I believe it was like five seventy-six to three something, and yet the game went into overtime because of self-inflicted wounds. And that's what New England does, right? They turn you over. They're not going to beat themselves. They want to keep the game close. That way, they have a chance to win it at the end of the game. And Dallas Cowboys, the the Dak, you know, Prescott fumble at the goal line, the interception down the seam to Cedric Wilson when he was late mm-hmm. with the football. If you don't have those two turnovers, that's probably a blowout game. And I'm not saying that New England's defense didn't play well, but it was more of a bend, don't break defense. Because anytime you know, quarterback throws it for, uh, he, I think he threw for over 400, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Yeah, throws for over 400. You run for over 100 yards. That's usually a beatdown. But because of the turnovers and them being able to hold, you know, Dallas in some red zone opportunities to field goals, the game was a lot closer than it really should have been. Jets, Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Obviously, they played in week two. New England winning that game 25-6. to This is so unusual to look <laughs> at the Patriots right now and see a 2-4 and four record. And that team is 0-4 oh at, at home. home. Yeah, I mean, and it's because, you know, Tom Terrific isn't there. And he's the great equalizer. Anytime he had that, you know, that 12 is 12, right? That's where we were, right? Number 12 uh, on in the New England jersey, you know you had a chance to win. Like, TB12. Yeah. <laughs> if he had a chance with the game on the line and he had the ball, most likely he was going to pull it out for you. And they don't have that guy. So right now they're really trying to lean on their defense, lean on their run game. They have a young quarterback who's efficient with the ball, but he doesn't really push the ball down the field. And – Last week, I want to say it was one of the two times where they probably put over 21 points on the game, on the board. And in the NFL, you can't win unless you put up at least 21 points. So they got to, what was it, 29 last week, I believe that, they had. Yes. Uh, it was 36-29 was the score, right? Something uh, like that. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So they had a chance to win that game at the end. But, you know, Dak Prescott, you got to credit them, and overtime was able to march the ball down the field. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a whole new Patriots team. Spent a lot of money this offseason acquiring two good tight ends, acquiring a few receivers, acquiring some defensive backs. Um, but it's not the same, you know, New England Patriots team that the Jets are accustomed to. No, we're going to dive into the matchup in a couple minutes. We're also going to be joined by Ty Johnson, the young Jets running back to Speedster. But when you look at the Jets over the course of the bye week, I know Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur concentrated a lot of their time on how that offensive yeah. unit can get out of the gates quicker. I think it's been lost over the course of everybody focusing on the Jets not scoring a point in the first quarter. They have to get that rectified. But the Jets actually scored 47 points over the course of their last two games compared mm-hmm. to 
20 exactly. in their first three. <laughs> so there is, but there has so, been some so, progress. Yeah, there's definitely some progress, but you have to start games a lot faster, right? You can't put your defense in a hole. And we talk about complimentary football all the time. I believe last week versus the Atlanta Falcons, the defense in the first quarter had, I believe, 33 snaps. Like, if you add that up, you're, you're talking about playing 120 snaps in a game. After a game, you just played 100, 100. snaps on defense with overtime. So, And you could kind of see it on the defensive front. Guys' legs were a little heavy. Um, uh, me and Bart talked about this off camera, that when you know C.J. Mosley was going on some blitzes, he seemed like he didn't have the energy or, or, or like the, the quick twitch that he's had the first couple weeks. And that's because you can tell that defense is starting to wear down. So you have to start fast because – one, you want to play complimentary football, but you also help your defense, right? You don't have them out there for 30-plus plays in the first quarter because that has them gassed at the end of the game when you need a defensive line to get after the quarterback or you need a big run stop to get off the field. So you got to start fast. And I know that's something they've really harped on. And I know a lot of people may not like the bye coming as early as it came, but I think that can help the Jets as far as self-scouting, seeing what we can do, what plays we can, can we put together to jumpstart this offense. That way it starts a lot faster in games. Robert Sala talked about helping the body clocks. What can you do in terms of switching things up at practice? Yeah, and this is, is something that me and you kind of talked about. And I think what he might do is some coaches actually put their pads on on Thursday uh, because they want more ga days in between the last time you played with pads on so your body can heal up. But he might, you know, move the pads to Wednesday. That's something that Rex Ryan did when I was here. We did the pads Wednesday. That way we had you were fresher going into the game. Mm. Another thing that he could potentially do is, you know, some teams do a walkthrough in the morning and practice in the afternoon. He could switch it up and do practice in the morning, and then you go over your mistakes in a walkthrough in the afternoon. That way also, you know, you're getting the physical, you know, nature out of the way early. Your body has time to recover. You can do all your regen stuff and be more fresher when the game comes Sunday. So those are certain little subtle things that I think Robert Sala might try to tweak to, to help you know give his team an advantage going into Sunday versus the Patriots. Uh, the official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen with LeJay Doosable. Offensively, Leja, uh, Elijah Moore was dynamic during training camp. Yeah. He was the SEC's top receiver last season. Jets obviously have high hopes for this guy. Um, been kind of a slow start for him. How can they get more more involved? Because that's going <laughs> no to change the way everything looks. I yeah, think. and the thing is, when he was at Ole Miss, Eric, he was a weapon X. So that's what the Jets essentially have to do with him here. Like, you have to move him all over the place, put him in the slot sometimes. That's where he really flourished at Ole Miss. And then put him in bunch sets. Have him some, run some shallow crossers. Use that speed and that quickness, right? That way you can get some rub routes, get guys off level, and you get Elijah Moore in space. And then – So you can – you can there are certain things you can scheme yeah, up. Yeah, there's just certain things. Just to get him the ball. Yeah. And you see teams do it all the time. Like Devontae Adams and Green Bay, they move him around and put him in motion to see what defenses are doing. Then sometimes they put him in the slot. Sometimes they put him outside. But they, they give him space. That way he can operate because they know that the bracket and the double team is coming. But if you get him on the motion and get him in space, then it's harder for teams to really clamp on him and bracket him. That's why Aaron Rodgers is able to find him so many times at pivotal points in the game. You also can give Elijah Moore some end arounds, right, some reverses, and also some speed sweeps. And even at Ole Miss, he took the ball out of the backfield at the running back position. So I wouldn't even mind on some, like, third downs, lining him up next to Zach Wilson 
in the gun formation. That way you have a mismatch. It's either going to be a safety or a linebacker on him one-on-one. That way you get this guy in space because he's very dynamic with the ball in his hand in the open space. Uh, Robert Sala likes what he's seeing on both sides of the line of scrimmage. What do you say? Let's start with the offensive yeah. line. Pass protection, everybody was concerned where it's the Jets so were headed better. after yeah. week one in Carolina. It's taken a totally different turn. And then speak to the run game. Yeah, so let's talk about the pass protection. I know after week one, everybody was worried about it because Zach Wilson was getting beat up and battered. But since then, he, they've done a really good job of protecting Zach Wilson. I remember last week versus the Atlanta Falcons, there was times where Zach wasn't touched for four or five seconds, yep. and you usually don't get that in the NFL. And even the Tennessee Titans game, there was a lot of times, besides Harold Landry, and they were giving some exotic looks, him being the off-ball uh, linebacker and blitzing sometimes. But besides that, there was times where Zach Wilson was not getting touched at all. And there was, I mean, I know he had the two, quote-unquote, off-platform throws. The one to Keelan Cole was where he escaped to the right. The one to Corey Davis for the touchdown versus the Titans, that was already a, a call bootleg. So he was already running to the right already. So they, they've done a really good job of protecting them, and that's something they're going to have to continue to do. We and that's Matt, without Mackay Beckton, Without Mackay Beckton. And so, I know you love what you've seen from Vera Tucker. Oh, for and Vera Tucker, to me, played his best game last week versus the Atlanta Falcons, just moving guys out of the way, being able to climb up to the second level and get to a guy like Deion Jones, the linebacker. But we talked about how it's going to take time for his O-line to jail, right? And now that we see this, they've been together, what, five weeks now? And I guess six if you count the bye. And Makai Beckton's been gone since week one. So now these guys are getting comfortable with the guy to the left and the guy to the right. And they're making those calls, knowing where the protection needs to go and getting hands on guys and giving Zach Wilson time. So now it's all about the quarterback feeling comfortable in the pocket and developing and taking that next step, knowing that, you know what, I don't have to have happy feet. I can trust my O-line. They're protecting me. Now I can go through my reads and make the pivotal throws. What about the run game? Uh, you really like what you saw versus the New England Patriots in, what was it, week two? Week, it was week two. Week two. We'll they the ran for over, Sunday. yeah, 150 yards. And that's something they got to get back to doing. Since that game, they haven't been able to really establish some runs. And granted, we have a, the Jets have a rookie quarterback, so teams have been stacking the box. So you still have to run the ball just to keep you know teams honest. But I think this week they'll get back on track after the bye, self scouting themselves, seeing which runs the offensive line likes to run and which runs they've had successful with against a three four team. I think they'll get you know be successful, especially in this zone scheme versus the New England Patriots. Now, the thing about Bill Belichick is. You saw him week one, so he might change everything up. He might not go three down linemen. He might go four down linemen, yeah. right? And then have Jamie Collins as the over, you know, hang linebacker. So you just got to be prepared for that. But at the end of the day, it's all about the communication between the O-line, knowing where to climb in the second level, being on a string together and working together, having the guy to the right and left of yours back. And when, you know, it's time to pass protect, knowing – not to get on different levels because that's what defensive linemen want to do, especially when they're running twist games. Matt Juneau is a guy that's rushing at a high level, but besides him, like that's the real one threat on the defensive line for the New England Patriots that they got to take care of. Yeah, and uh, we're going to dive into the matchup even deeper. Yeah. you got to watch out for J.C. Jackson in that defensive yeah. backfield. We know that. <laughs> Can you talk about the dynamic of scripting plays? Yeah. Like, say an offensive coordinator scripts 15 plays, but what – challenges presented when you face a guy like Belichick where you script these uh, bunch of plays that you like and you practice throughout the week and you yeah. come out on Sunday and then Belichick throws something, something at totally it, different. It, that you haven't seen. So that's that's where you have to, to figure out, do I stay on my script or now do I get into the game calling and it's like a test match 
depending on the personnel he has on the field, what do I call? And as a coach, you have to realize maybe you get to play six or seven and you're like, well, this isn't working, especially if we go three and out twice. It's time for me to get in the flow of the game. I see what they're doing. Let me counter this by doing this. Like, we came out thinking they were going to go three down linemen. Now they have four down linemen. So maybe instead of the zone and stretch, maybe we run a little bit more counter or power, you know, to, to, to mitigate that. So that's it's all about, you know, we talk about complementary football, but it's also a complementary when you talk about what you have scripted for your first routine and what the defensive coach is showing you or where the offensive coach on the other side is showing you and how to get off of that. But on defense, you don't really have a, a, a scripted because you, you're calling your defense based off the personnel. So on offense, you have a 15-play you know, script. And you have plays based off personnel, but you kind of stick to your script and you might switch things up a little bit. But when you realize that, okay, the top 15 I had, he's kind of got answers for those. It's time, you know, I don't want to say go off platform, but it's time to realize, like, well, this is the look they're giving me, and I think this play will work better with this. So let me get off the script and get into the flow of the game. It's fascinating because the Jets and Patriots are going to be done here after week seven, and the Jets have not played any other yeah. AFC Eastern <laughs> club. Um, let's get to Jets running back Ty Johnson right now. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Ty, thank you so much for joining us today. What did you do on your bye week? Uh, went back to Cumberland, Maryland. Uh, first things first was... Uh, you know, love up on my dogs. I have a, a purebred golden retriever and a husky, St. Bernard husky uh, mix. Uh, just loving on them and, you know, gave the family a hug and, you know, just spent time with them. Um, and really just was working on my cars, went to uh, my nephew's peewee game, uh, flag football, and then I went to my uncle's uh, high school game. He was coaching. So, you know, just a little bit everywhere, just chilling, relaxing, uh, worked out here and there, um, watched some games. That was, you know, kept it real low key. Uh, hey, a lot of family time. You don't have any dogs up here in the New Jersey area? <laughs> no, uh, I did last year, but, you know, for like camp and then like the traveling because of London and the away games, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep them home for a little bit with my mom, but uh, I'm going to bring it back up here hopefully next week. So. We'll see how it okay, goes. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd be lost without my dog. <laughs> oh man, it, it's miserable. It's like you know, you know, you come home and you got someone that like you know excited to see you, giving you some love and everything. I was like, man, I need I need my pup up here. I'm always excited to see it, dudes, because your, your wife might not be happy, and sometimes your daughter <laughs> might not be happy. Was your dog always gonna be happy? <laughs> yeah, dog's always gonna be happy. So, Ty, you went back home. Was there any special meals that maybe Mom Duke prepared for you, or was there anything, any spots you had to stop at being back home as far as food-wise that you're like, man, I'm back home. I got to get this because I'm not going to get this until the season's <laughs> over. Yeah, I didn't I didn't stop there, actually, but DA Trees, every single time I'm home, I always go to DA Trees, but I didn't get the chance to uh, go there. But Mom, she made me some uh, soups and everything, like homemade soups, like the homemade chicken noodle soup and uh, potato soup and everything, just like real hearty home home meals right there. And uh, she made me breakfast and everything too, uh, every single day, which I usually do all the cooking, but she blessed me with that. And uh, we know we made some uh, 
uh, some Nigerian red stew. She hates it, but I love it. Uh, oh, wow. But it was real good, man. So she didn't eat any of it because she hates spicy. But, you know, I was all <laughs> over that. So, Ty, when you are cooking, uh, what do you like to make? Um, the uh, Nigerian red stew for sure. Um, I like making, you know, a nice chicken parm, you know, fillet the chicken, butterfly cut it, you know, breadcrumbs, all that. Uh, definitely all types of pasta, really. Uh, a homemade spaghetti sauce with, you know, uh, the noodles and everything. Um, surf and turf, of course. That's always a go to with a nice, you know, New York strip steak, some shrimp. You know, you got to put it down. Okay. Uh, man, I'm yeah, getting man, hungry. I'll be, I'll, be getting, I'll be getting in there, man. I'll be, I'll be doing it like last year. I, I made a, I, I, a full course Thanksgiving too. So, oh wow, yeah, I, I like that because I, I, I call myself an amateur self myself. <laughs> um, so what, what is your favorite all-time dish to make? Like what, what is Todd Johnson known for making? Hmm. I mean, when I was in college, it was the surf and turf. Like ask Jake Funk, um, Ike, my best friend, all the guys. It was always surf and turf, like a steak, some shrimp, some potatoes, some greens. Um, that was always like my go-to. And now it's more of like you know the spaghetti with the homemade sauce and really just all types of pasta. I really like the the red stew that I've been doing lately. Um, I've been eating that probably every Tuesday for the past like two months. Uh, I'll make it every Tuesday on the off day. Um, so that's really kind of where I've been at. So it's kind of it's kind of hard. You have to catch me at what uh, time period I'm at in, in my life. So it's always it's always changing for real. Uh, Ty, we're going to talk about Jets and Jets Patriots, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Maryland a little bit. Mm. You were one of the most productive players all time for the Terps, but I don't know if people realize that. You actually wrote what about 50 letters a day to schools, so mm -hmm. you were basically recruiting yourself at, at a time in your life, yeah, for sure. Uh, coach Apple, he was my old uh high school head coach. Um, we talk every day to this day, but you know, I told him I wanted to pursue college ball, and then one day he just gave me like a stack of paper, it was like this thick, and it was every college, and it had endless coaches, emails, numbers, and obviously, you know, jobs change, guys, you know, they resign, they go new places. So first off, it started off a lot of like, you know, did not send and everything because it was like an invalid address. And then uh, then it was just a lot of, you know, I'll fill out our recruit questionnaire, which is kind of just like brushing you to the side, really. Um, and it really was like, you know, just not a lot of uh, responses because I was in class. I was in math class getting yelled at. Uh, I was in <laughs> history class, Spanish class. I was in all those classes getting yelled at. Like, why are you in your phone? I was like, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to get on my ground. I'm trying to get to college. Uh, so that was really just every single day it was just sending out emails sending out emails and then you know maybe filling out a few recruit questionnaires and stuff but it was just endless emails out every single day and i had like a little blueprint uh, you know hi my name's todd johnson this is where i'm from this is what i do let me come to your school really um but that was really about it that is an amazing story yeah, you became the fourth Terrapin to surpass 4,000 all-purpose yards and joining Torrey Smith, former Jet, Lamont Jordan, and Buffalo Bills receiver Stephon Diggs. So that's a message for everybody at home. Pursue your dreams. Exactly. Go after it and keep that work ethic because this guy's now playing in the NFL with the 100%. New York Jets. Yeah, I was going to yes, say, Ty, how, did, how do you think that – that process shaped and formed who you are today, like going through all that, 
you know, people telling you, you know, ignoring your emails, but you're still sending out letters time and time after again, just to make sure you can get on and, and pursue your dream. It was really just never taking no for an answer because, you know, your your situation really isn't your reality. You know, being in a small 1A school, you know, about what, 700 kids at Fort Hill High School. And that's total, you know, uh, females, males. So it's like really your situation is, you know, no one wants to drive up to Cumberland, Maryland in the mountains. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Drive up in the mountains and, you know, see you because you come from a small school, the competition, you know, you could say it's whatever, you know, we, we still was whooping people winning. So I don't care what anyone says, um, <laughs> but it was really just never taking no for an answer. And like, you know, like just be like, all right, cool. Like I'm still going to find a way no matter what. So that's really what kind of shaped me into the player. And today, you know, got to Maryland, you know, played as a true freshman, you know, not as much, but I still was playing a good bit. Um, and, you know, going to the next year, it was, all right, well, I want to play even more. When, the, you know, the new staff came in and, you know, there was, you know, will Ty actually still be here with the new coaching staff? And then, boom, a thousand yards, you know? And I guess it just kept going up from there. It was like, I don't want to be denied. Like, I'm going to be undeniable. So that's really just been the mindset that if you put your mind to it and you really want something, you can just, you really can go get it. You know, you can manifest it and speak into existence and get after it, you know? Yeah, it's a great story. Um, do you feel at home now here with the Jets after what happened early on in your career with Detroit? You find yourself on waivers. They pick you up. You start producing last season. Your first carry is sprung for like 25 yards against Miami. And then uh, this year, you're part of the regular rotation now. Yeah, I feel, you know, at home, but, you know, you can't be too content, really, because there's always work to be done. And there's always guys out there that are even hungrier than the guy that's, you know, on the roster and everything. So it's really just, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I have, you know, somewhat of a home, but, you know, you never know because this is the NFL, you know, uh, things change every day, things happen. And, you know, it's just really been not never being content, never being too high, never too low, just keep working, head down, keep working, keep plugging away step by step. And just, you know, you want for the best and uh, keep moving forward. That's really it. Ty, I've been saying this since training camp. I really loved your running style. I thought you were going to – should be RB1, um, even though it has been running back by committee. Just talk about your running style because you're, you're able to do a little bit of everything, catch the ball out of the backfield. You uh, you get downhill, one cut, play, and then even run with some physicality. So just talk about, you know, your running style and how it fits with this Jets offense. I think, you know, with this offense, we got guys that are – we're really just trying to run off the ball, you know, and we – Myself and other guys, of course, like we just we just run like there ain't nothing to it. Just run, you know, get the ball, run. And, you know, mm -hmm. the coaches definitely, you know, they challenged me to be, you know, patient, but violent and whatnot. Other than trying to find the perfect hole, if I think if it was the um, the first preseason game, it was like a third and two. Maybe we are running a, a duo play and, uh, you know, I was trying to find the right hole other than just hitting it, you know, because it's third and two. This is short yardage. It's a mindset you got to get those two yards no matter what it is and you know they really kept you know challenging me just you know you're going to run full steam if you run a full head of steam forward you know they're going to crash you'll want to see a hole there or you know you just got to run through people and it's really just been you know i'm a fast guy if i'm running full speed and i don't stop like i'm gonna you know run someone over too so it's really been you know cool to see how like i've taken that challenge that they presented to me 
And then also, you know, just working on my routes and working on, you know, reading the different fronts, the defenses, if it's a 42 nickel and, you know, they got the B gap covered and we're running to that side. Okay. What am I looking at? You know, there's certain things that's picking things up that, you know, the coaches are putting out there. And also what I've learned from, you know, the guys in the past, like the Frank Gores and carry on Johnson's and Detroit AP, all those guys. So it's really been cool to see how my running style has been changing over the past few years. And, you know, with a little bit more physicality this year than more than ever. So it's been uh, really cool. Do you think that's one of the keys for you guys as a whole over the course of the next 12 games is to get that run game on track? We saw it in week two against the Patriots with more than 150 yards, of course. And you saw glimpses of it in London. You scored a touchdown against the Falcons, as did Michael Carter. Michael Carter scored touchdowns on the ground in each of the past two weeks. So there are little signs, I think, and the pass protection has been good as well. I, I, you know, do you think that do you put it on your guys like a responsibility and emphasis that, hey, if we get it going on the ground, everything else will fall? Oh, for sure. It's complimentary football at the end of the day. Um, you know, if the run game's going good, pass game's going to be going good. The pass game's going good. The run game's going to be going good. So I really think, you know, the running backs as a whole, as a unit, we take responsibility in if it's blocked up we need explosive. If it's not blocked up, we still need to get positive yards. So I think, you know, the run, it always falls on the run game, no matter what team it is. Um, I don't care who you are or what team you're at, what's your, you know, your scheme. Like it's always a run game at the end of the day that, you know, helps push forward the, you know, time of possession of the game. And also, you know, get the drives going too, especially when, you know, you're in third and short and everything like that you need that extra first down to get the drive moving so i think it all always falls down to the run game really ty i know coach Salah has really harped on and some of the players of starting fast on offense what are some of the things come out of this by that you guys think you can do to jump start that offense that way you guys are starting a lot faster in games you know coach Salah laid out a plan for us this week and uh it's really it's really good you know just with how we go on our practice with certain, you know, uh, certain drills and certain periods, certain team periods throughout the day. So I think, you know, once we execute those throughout this whole week, it's definitely going to show uh, when we go into the game. And, you know, it's really just having the plan laid out. All right. We always, it's known, you know, you, you said it, we're kind of starting slower in the first quarter and then we really get to play some ball in the second half when we're, you know, we're gelling, we're moving forward really well. So I think, you know, it's all going to be down to getting the drive started and, you know, prolonging those drives as well. And, you know, following the plan that Coach Sala presented to us and everything as well. Ty, at college, you returned kickoffs for touchdowns at both the Big House and the Horseshoe. What do you think about Tevin Coleman for the first time in his NFL career getting out there mm -hmm. against Atlanta and having a 65-yard kickoff return? dog that's all i gotta say it's a dog man like i told him it was a i forget who it was funny because it was i think it was jamal agnew he posted something on his ig i think the day before and he was just like if you're a returner like you're a punt return or kick returner like you gotta tell yourself you do not care about your life because you're running full speed into a whole bunch of guys and i told tico i was like man like you gotta not care about getting hit and then he literally just went stupid like he really just was full speed running just going crazy and it was like man like this guy 
this guy's legit with the returning. So I was, I was really happy for him. I was excited for him. And, you know, I'm excited to see what else he does throughout the year, too. How excited are you to get back on the field Sunday against the Patriots? I'm sure you guys feel like you owe them something after what happened in week two. But just looking at it as another opportunity. Yeah, it's definitely another opportunity, of course. But, you know, you, you said it too. Week two, you know, we had some good things going on that whole game. So, you know, I think a lot of guys are just excited to get back on the field tomorrow and really get this, really get this, this team going. I mean, there's really nothing else to it. And, you know, I believe this team, you know, they want to give something back, of course. But at the same time, like, it's just moving forward, moving forward, improving on offense, defense, special teams, no matter what it is, no matter how major or minor it may be, you know, just move forward and then go over to Foxborough and, you know, have a game. Final question. You are running more violent. We've seen that. Uh, but let's go back to your high school days. Is it true? Four, two, eight and a 40? Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. I mean, 90, 90 more, I don't think. But, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we definitely, we definitely, uh, definitely hit that uh, and everything. So, I mean – you know, it's hands. But you're still you're still sub yeah. four four. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> uh, of course, of course, yeah, of course. But you know, uh, that was it was hand time. So you know, every time I was like, oh, it's hand time. People were like, oh, it's really this or that. So I'm like, man, all right, whatever. I, I know I'm running. That's all I know. So I always just be like, all right, I gotta shrug it off because if I say, oh, was it laser hand time? I'm just like, it's hand time. Uh, so you know, but uh, yeah, man, it was. Some hand time forties right there, a little fast, you know. Whatever people may say. Hey, Ty, we really appreciate your time. Great catching up. Oh, thank you for having me. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Good stuff from Ty Johnson there. Remember, review, rate, subscribe. It's an official Jets podcast. Eric Allen alongside Leger Doosable, as always. Leger, what do you think a young player, the Jets are, have so many rookies right now, yeah. thinks of Jets Patriots when they hear about it? Because I've been part of this organization since yeah. 2001. You played here. Um, for a number of years, and were part of a, was part of a rivalry. Where, Hated rivalry. Yeah, where, <laughs> where it felt different. Where I'm not minimizing the importance of this game because it is a divisional Division matchup. Game, but for, for sure. these guys, it, it, they don't get it. Right? <laughs> they, they don't get it. Um, and it's because it's a different Patriots team, right? We when I played here, it was against Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Rex Ryan. You, you know, there was no love lost there. Those guys really couldn't stand each other, and then you know the history between Belichick. And the Jets. Yeah. So all that came into account. But, you know, with this new wave of Jet players and new wave of Patriot players, honestly, uh, a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of turnover now. There's there's still a few guys there. McCourty's still there. Hightower's still there. Uh, J.C. Jackson's been there the last, what, four years? Um, but he's even him, he wasn't there when it was like real nitty-gritty ver Jets versus Patriots. Yeah. So I, I think it's just a, a different flow to the game. And I think Tom Brady leaving had a lot to do with that. 
as far as the heated rivalry and it's 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 not the same. I, I felt like every pregame versus those guys, there was always something. There was oh a my scuffle. god! And then even during the game, there was a scuffle or something because when I was playing with the Jets, we just could not stand them. Like and. Rightfully so, they felt like they owned the division and owned us because they did win a division so many times. So there was a time where you just couldn't stand those guys. You like you couldn't wait to play them and and beat them. And and the, you know the times I was here, I believe every year but one year I was here, we split with them each season. So yeah. it was always it was always a dogfight. And you don't want to say some of that you know luster for the game has left because of you know. Tom Brady leaving and Rex Ryan leaving and so many other like Edelman not being there. So, but a little of that, you know, passion has left that, and I would love to see that come back because there's nothing like playing divisional games, man. You you know what it is. Like the easiest way to get to the playoffs is to win your division. So like it's all out war when you play somebody in your division. Yeah, listen, I'll never forget being at Gillette Stadium, and. The Jets had lost the game. Nick Folk missed a field goal. A long field yeah. goal. Yeah. That was a Thursday night game, right? Y- yes. Yeah. Okay, so back in the day, we're doing a television show. And typically, we'd sit Rex down in studio um, during the week, and that would air on Sunday. But since you played Thursday, Thursday night, yeah. you got him after the game. Rex was so fired up, Leger. Yeah. I'll tell you what. We're in the hallway and there were guys at first he said he wasn't going to do the interview <laughs> and Rex is the nicest guy you'll yeah. ever come across 100%. you know that yeah, oh my god just a charming man who's he's different that week, who's though. great <laughs> with his time who goes out of his way to make you feel comfortable yeah. but at first he said he wasn't going to do it he told one of our PR guys I'm not going to do it then he came out slammed the door and said we're going to do it now and I'm out in the hallway with the microphone and with Chris Ubbins, who is a long-time, a long-time Jet here. Yeah. Um, and so we're waiting for him. I'm getting a little bit nervous. Then there were a couple guys. We're doing the interview in a hallway. So we're in the center of a hallway in the stadium after he had done his post-game press conference. And you had a couple of security guys who started walking behind us. And Rex said, no, they can wait. And he, he and Rex is a big man, yeah. and, and, and and people are fooled by his smile and, and his charm and his humor. But when Rex is fired up, oh, he's fired up. Oh, he's different. ready to go. It's different. So these guys walk back. They were scared, and then I did the interview, and that was one of the most fearful times of my life. <laughs> he was so ready to go. Legit. Oh man, yeah, that that game came down to the wire, I believe. Two of our offensive linemen might have got kicked out that game. I think Willie yes, Colon and, right and Brigasol. It was for one. It was a, it was a monsoon that game too. So it was downpour, torrential downpour. We lost a close, close fall game, and you said that Nick Folk missed the kick at the end of the game. So we felt like we had them on the ropes right where we wanted. I think it was a close game too. Only like like thirteen to ten or fourteen to like ten or, or something like that. It was yeah. Things was weren't a, going your way early in the season, yeah. but. You always rise to the occasion oh, when the that week, Patriots that week, were on the schedule. No matter what our what our record is, that week you was gonna get the best out of everybody in that locker room yeah. because we and I don't know if it was Rex building it up to us like for so many years, like these guys don't respect you. So I, I literally felt like going to second they they had no respect for us. Would so he I say that to you guys? He, pretty much is what he would say. He was like, yeah, th- th- these guys have no respect for you. They feel like they own you. And you can kind of tell us how they felt a lot of times because they've won the division so many times. Right. So, like, 
it became a thing where I like really despised the Patriots. Like I couldn't even when I went to Buffalo that year after being here for four years. Like when we played them, yeah. it was go time. I could not stand that team. Bro. So and after a while, I think I talked to Calvin Pace. He was like, "Dude, bro, why, why do you?" I was like, "Bro, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe Rex got it in my head that you know this team is a team that just don't respect us." And uh, he was like, "Well, if you look at it from their point of view, like they do beat us every." Year. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like after like like. He had retired, but I was still playing in the game. And I was like, damn, I didn't think about it that way. And I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't hate these dudes like that. But, like, during during the season, and I, I hated them. I couldn't stand Has them. it left <laughs> you? Yeah, I, I think now as a broadcaster it has. Yeah. It took about two or three years, I'm not going to lie. Like, to this day, I still can't stand the Patriots. Right. But I don't have that deep-seated hate that, that I had when I was a player. Right, because yeah. – to. The Jets and the Patriots share a lot of things in common right now. If you're really yeah. looking at it, yeah, yeah, they've got the coach who's been there 20 plus years, and the Jets have a head coach who's been here five games so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're both transitioning with rookie 100%, quarterbacks, 100. percent So it's, it's a whole new. And I think that's probably why I don't have the. I want to say hate because I hate such a strong word, but I don't have like the anger that I feel towards them anymore because it is a transition for them. They're in the same kind of transition that the Jets are in right now, as far as. Starting from the ground up, new quarterback, brought in a whole bunch of new free agents. So this is not the the Patriot team we're accustomed to seeing year in and year out. Um, the offensive line is pretty good, but it's been banged up this year. Um, Trent Brown has yet to play a game for them. And when they won the Super Bowl, he was one of the main reasons why yeah. when they won it a few years ago. Also, and Tom Brady, <laughs> that defense being there. But Isaiah Wins struggled and had some injuries. So the, the offensive line, even Shaq Mason's been banged up a little bit for them. So it's it's not the same team that you know I quote unquote played. A lot of new different players there. So like I said, once I became a broadcaster, some of that left me, and um, you know I don't have no ill will to them. I'm still gonna you know put on for the Jets and hope the Jets come out with a victory Sunday. But I, I don't have the same angst that I had for them. Well, the you know Jets, when I was playing. Yeah, this Jets team is looking to break a streak against the Patriots. But yeah. if you really look at the roster. Are they? Because you can't assign all these losses that have happened to the Patriots in the past. Yeah, because none, none, of, guys, none of these guys were here. Especially, <laughs> especially Salah. Yeah. He wasn't well, he wasn't here. And if you look at the roster, it's it's compiled of mostly players in year one and year two. So exactly. like I mean you can give a few of the players the losses from last year and then the one what lost this year, but you can't give them the losses for the last five or six years because a lot of these players, most of these players weren't here. what Marcus May is like the oldest tendered player yeah and he's in his fifth he's year in his fifth year so like yeah it's, what's the it's message totally, of, what's the message from Salah though about divisional games to the guys well it has to be like this is the easiest way for one this is a stepping stone to see where you're at in the division to line yourself up in the division two the easiest way to win and get into the playoffs is to win divisional games so if you want a route to potentially go to the playoffs and we're not saying whether the Jets make the playoffs this year or not but like just to set that that formula that is never going to change. Yeah, just to set that standard, you have to know if you want to go to the playoffs. The easiest way is to win your division games because that's how you get into the playoffs. Zach Wilson going to be under the spotlight after yeah. what happened in week two with yeah, the four sure. interceptions. His toughest performance to date, and you said the Patriots are a chameleon, so we don't yeah. know what they're going to throw at him defensively. Um, if you're Wilson this week, or you looking at it from your broadcasting lens yeah. and your player perspective, put that all together, what do you want to see from him? Well, from Zach, first of all, if you're Zach Wilson, you want to start off with the run game. You want that to be your best friend this week because you had success 
in week two versus them. Now, like you just said, they're chameleons. We might see something totally different on defense. But I think Bill Belichick trusts his secondary enough where you're still going to see a lot of man coverage, and you'll probably see some some cover one. And he has success bracketing Corey Davis because I know Zach Wilson came out and said he's, he's not targeting him every time on purpose. That's where the read goes. But teams have generally in the first five weeks bracketed Corey Davis, and that's when Wilson struggled. If you look at the Denver game, if you look at New England game, Anytime, you know, Dave Davis has been bracketed, it has not been good when Zach Wilson has went to him with the football. Yeah. So you, that, you have to get him some easy throws. I, I talked about this. Put the receivers in a bunch set. Get some rub routes. Get some shallow crosses. And then get the ball in this kid's hands quick. Like some RPOs would be really good. Also some bootlegs would be really quick, good where he can, you know, dump it off to a tight end or a receiver coming back around on the backfield for like five yards just so you stay ahead of the sticks. You got to make hay at first and second down, exactly. right? Because even if you look at exactly. that, even if you look at last week against the Cowboys, the Cowboys won't, were not converting on third down. No, they weren't. That's the, and this defense is so good on third down because you're going to get so many different looks from Bill Belichick and his defense. And one time it'll look like all out blitz cover zero. The next time it'll look like cover zero, but it'll be zone. They'll drop into a zone. So you have to know that you, you have to stay in third and manageable. You cannot be in third and long. And then also you have to stay away from JC Jackson, man. When it's, when it's second and long, third and long. And I know players have pride. They're like, I can play with anybody. Like, no, just stay away from the kid. Like he's playing at a different level. Dak Prescott, who's probably in MVP rating, uh, running, he's probably number three or four on the list. He had no success versus uh, J.C. Jackson, specifically on third down, targeting Amari Cooper. So I'm not saying Zach Wilson is not going to be a really good quarterback, but just to be honest, he's not where Dak, Dak Prescott is right now. So if That's he's struggling, fair. That's fair, if, 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 if he's struggling going to him on third and, and second and long, you most likely are going to struggle because J.C. Jackson is just playing at a different level right now. You mentioned before the Patriots having struggles to score the football. We yeah. know that. Mac Jones, have you seen development and growth from him uh, in between week two and what you saw against the Cowboys? I would say yes. I would say he's pushing the ball slightly more down okay. the field. Yeah. Uh, he's still not throwing it 30 yards down the field. I mean, he had the one big pass play to Kendrick Bourne. Safety just did a horrible job you right there. You think he closed his him. eyes? I don't know what he was doing because it looked like um, Trayvon Diggs was playing inside leverage, which means the safety had outside leverage in cover one. Right. And he just whiffed on the hit. But the thing is, if he just goes and attacks the football, it's most likely an interception and the game is over. But that was just a mishap. You know, um, Trayvon Diggs took the blame for it, which he probably shouldn't have, but that's a good teammate. Um, and, you know, that was their first explosive play of the season as far as throwing the ball down the field. Now, he did have a good pitch and catch to uh, Aguilar earlier in the game. And that's the guy they really want to try to get the ball to down the field. But he even had a few drops. So that he's been synonymous with dropping yes. the football. So that's the one guy that can maybe hurt you down the field. But if I'm the Jets secondary, um, it's going to be about being feisty at the line of scrimmage. And Jacoby Myers is a guy under the radar that Mac He's Jones, leading them in receptions. He now. loves to go to in third down. So when he's in the slot – your ears have to perk up. Michael Carter's ears have to perk up. Like, he's getting the ball, especially on third and second and long. That's where the football is going because that's who Mac Jones trusts the most with the football in his hands. Like, he's not a world beater, but he's a pretty good possession receiver and a good route runner. And he knows how to do subtle things to get open for Mac Jones. So, if you're on defense and you're in that nickel spot, if Jacoby Myers is in the slot, just have your ears perked up. That's where the ball is going. On paper, I like this matchup for the Jets because – you think the defensive line can play a lot better than they did in London. Maybe yeah. they had heavy legs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we saw them do a lot of good things in that first matchup. Um, 
And like you mentioned before, this is not a team that is throwing the ball down the field. This yeah. is a, this young Jet secondary comes up, plays very physical. You just got to neutralize Damian Harris. Oh, 100%. So it's it's always going to come down to the run game for the Patriots because so much is built off of that. Like, they're a heavy play-action team, and for them to be successful in that aspect, they have to run the ball with Damian Harris. And then also Stevenson has run really well for them the last few weeks because James White is out. And another thing I meant to mention is Mac Jones, right, finding the backs out of the backfield. He is synonymous with that. Like, even though James White was the guy, like, he still finds Damian Harris. He still finds Stevenson out of the backfield, and that was – real prevalent last week versus the Dallas Cowboys. So <clears throat> if that first read isn't there, he usually goes straight to the back. So if you're hugging the, the, the running back, you have to be tight on him because what Mac Jones and his offense wants to do, they want to be in third and four or third and three or third and two. They want to be third and manageable. They want to put drives together, methodical drives of 10, 11, 12, 14 plays. And you have to do really good on first and second down if you're the Jets defense. Stop in the run because you know Damian Harris is going to run physical. You got to have them in second and eight or second and nine. And then you got to have them in third and eight and third and nine. Third and four, that's where they love they love living there because that's when they can get Jacoby Myers on those crossers or get him the ball for five or six yards and then just move the chains. So if you're the Jets defense, first and second down are monumental, just like if you're the Jets offense, first and second down are monumental because you don't want to be in third and long versus that New England defense. Listen, uh, three guys in the spotlight for the Jets this week. Uh, bottom line, Zach Wilson, you got to protect the football. We know that yeah. uh, because that score got out of hand and that game was not out of hand at all in Never. week two. Yeah. Elijah Moore, because the Jets want to get him going, he just provides a different dynamic offensively. And you mentioned it before, watch MC2. Watch Michael Carter Carter in the slot because he's got a key – it's a key position every week. But More specifically this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts here. Peter King's been covering the National Football League 38 (laughs) seasons. He said he's never seen a class of quarterbacks as good as this one, mentioning Kyler Murray, Josh mm-hmm. Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Joe Joey Burrow. Burrow. What do you think? Would I mean, you agree I with that? I don't think he's lying, man. The NFL's in good hands for the foreseeable future because a lot of those guys on that list are either 25 or 26 and under if you talk about. Young Bucks. Yeah, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I think all those guys are 25 and other. So they're not even in the prime of their career yet. So you're talking about those guys being around for the next 10 to 14 years. And and, and I didn't even say Justin Herbert. He's on that list too. So this, this is a special time in the NFL because, honestly, with this last group that came in, and they could develop to be really good, but a lot of those guys you named on that list were really good as rookies. Yep. So you knew, besides Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes didn't play his rookie year, so you knew that you know the ceiling wasn't there for those guys. I mean, Kyler Murray has some mishap rookie years, but you knew how dynamic he could be with his arm and his leg, and we're seeing that in year three this year. He's the front runner for the MVP, so you have to love where the NFL is at the quarterback position. and and. Uh, coming up in this year's draft class, I don't know who's going to be the number one quarterback. I know a lot of people thought it was Rattler, but he end up might have to end up transferring because of, or uh, or yeah. coming out in the draft, and who knows where he would. That's land. what I'm saying. But I think I don't. I don't think there's any way he comes out because if you lose your position in college, what are NFL scouts going to think? Yeah. You know, you got to go out there and prove it. And then you know, people thought it was Sam Howell, and he's had an up and down year. You know, granted, a lot of his weapons are in the NFL now. Michael Carter being one of them here mm-hmm. with the New York Jets. Yep. But if you're supposed to be a top-tier quarterback, you're supposed to elevate your team. You see what Lamar Jackson is doing 
in Baltimore with all the injuries he's had. So you have to be able to elevate your team if you want to be a franchise quarterback when injuries do happen. And that's why you're excited if you're a Jets fan because you get an opportunity to watch Zach Wilson grow, develop, experience new things over the course of these last 12 games. Because we always knew what was on tap for the Jets that, hey, listen, this was not going to be a smooth ride along the way. It is a process. And Wilson, listen, that's what you want to see from the Jets. Good, sound football down the stretch, but you want to see – he doesn't have to be one of these 12. He's just got to show – signs of momentum here progress in his year. yeah it. yeah progress we just want to see progress from zach wilson in this offense and we want to see him come start out fast right and we, we talked about this right you can't make the same mistakes and get better so that's where we want to see with this young group this young football team them not making the same mistakes and taking a step forward right on defense situational football knowing what teams are trying to do to you in certain situations on offense, starting fast, establishing the run game, and then Zach Wilson making the pivotal throws with the game is on the line, making the easy and pivotal throws look routine. And I want to end on this. The Jets are still looking for that elusive first interception of the year. (laughs) Jeff Albrick had a great explanation saying that we play man so much that maybe it's a little bit more difficult to get those picks where you don't have the zone eyes. Do you, do you switch things up at times? And he, he does. I'm not saying he doesn't yeah, switch yeah. the coverages. But specifically, I think he was talking more third down. Yeah, and I think, I think they actually should have did that last week. If you talk about Matt Ryan, a, a consummate veteran who's played at the high level, I believe won an MVP one year or two, um, he knows where exactly where to go with the football. Yeah. So he's, he's watched film, right? He knows on third down the Jets like to go man coverage. So I know how to attack them and how to get the ball out. That way it nullifies the pass rush from a defensive line. So I felt like – Last week, and he started doing this a little bit too late after that first series, which, which is nonsense, personal foul that kept the Atlanta Falcons on the field. That's right. But that's for another time. Um, after that first series, I would have been going man coverage on first and second down and then going some zone on third down just to switch things up. Because Matt Ryan did a really good job of spreading everybody out, having Kyle Pitts go out, and realizing, okay, I got man coverage right here. I know where exactly to, where to go with the football. And, but that happens when you're playing a veteran-type quarterback. Now, this week's a little different. You're playing a rookie quarterback. There's some things you maybe can do to confuse him, but you have to be able to switch things up. And, you know, I, I like going man on third you know, third down where you can heat it up, especially if you got corners that have been able to be feisty and fight with receivers, especially this group of receivers New England has. Nobody really scares you yep. on, on film or on paper right now. So I don't mind it. But switching things up, go man first and second down, and you know maybe get a safety in the box for the run game, and then on third down let your let your guys up front hunt, and then go some zone. Yeah, I love what Jeff Albrick has done for the Jets here uh, during the first five games as defensive coordinator. That unit's played awfully well. Now, can the Jets put it all together and play complementary football for four quarters? We're about to find out Sunday in New England for Leger Dusable. I'm Eric Allen. We'll see you next week. <laughs>